This is the uh, 2022 March session using sound. Over the course of the last couple of days, we have had many uh, bits of advice, guidance, pointing out instructions, lots of experience doing the chanting, looking at the nature of mind, keeping the practice going. And as these instructions, guidance, pointing out come, if it's not relevant to you, just ignore it. As long as you keep on practicing, keep on listening, keep on attentively engaged. Because we talk at many different levels, and some levels are just don't meet everybody. But we all need to be reminded to listen. Old habits die hard. And even if we've been doing this for a decade or longer, a reminder of what we most want, a reminder of what we decided we want to do, is a good idea. Helps. I find it helps. And sometimes when we're talking, it's simply to nudge that remembrance. But sometimes talking will point to some intriguing aspect of the path and we can realize that if other people have seen it, I can too. All the chants are like that. Every line of the chants that we do is someone trying to put into words their experience, something they saw directly, not philosophized about. And because one human being has had that experience, we too can have that experience. And it's not like we each of us have our particular senses that are more or less refined. It's not as though we're comparing me who can't find middle C with a pianist. But we're, com- we're, we're not trying to compare people at that level or compare at all. We're trying, we're, all of us are focused on what is the common denominator? What is the root? And that's something, regardless of our particular aptitudes, we can wake up to. And sometimes, as we're practicing, we hear things that just, we don't have a place to put them. For example, what if everything we're actually hearing is an obscuration of the truth? Or what if all sound hear themselves? Two aspects of the path, but without a certain kind of experience, they don't make much sense. And sometimes when we're doing these talks, it's simply to frame or reframe what we already know.
And I think that is, in a way, the, the fundamental purpose of a teacher, is to remind us what we already know. Because it's not as though there is something from the outside that can be inserted somewhere in our being. But rather, we wake up to what we already have touched. And it may be that we have just a flash of insight. It may be that we are looking at the sky, a cloudy day like today, and there's a little hole and we see the blue through it. And it closes back up. It may be that we have a little flash of insight and to help recognize, oh, the sky is actually all blue, is sometimes helpful. Because our old habitual mind is so tenacious, entangling. So sound is the blessing. To make sound, feel sound, to hear sound, to know sound, it's a gift. It's a blessing. It's an unexpected honor just to hear. And for all of us, or most of us, we have an expectation that, of course, we can hear people's voices, or we can hear music, or we can hear the birds. But that, of course, is not always true. How many, how many hearing aids are there in the world? And no matter what our particular acuity, auditory acuity is right now, it will change. And we won't know it. Because we only hear what we hear. So even though we're listening to just a tiny, um, tiny, a slice, a tiny configuration of the spectrum of sound, just to hear that speck, that brief warble, is a gift. And that gift is an entrance gate into the non-dual. So during session, especially this particular session, we are not only um, exploring sound, we're not only appreciating the gift of sound, but we're trying to learn about the act of listening. We're trying to learn about the art of hearing. We're trying to investigate our assumptions. Investigate the beliefs that we hold about who we are that are perhaps occluding our, obscuring our view. And as we all know, it's like being in school. Some people love to learn and some people say, oh, do I have to? And we all have both of those in us. But anything we learn will be important. 
Now, as we are working with sound, and as we are working with our listening, we are learning about our mind, and we're learning about the universe's mind. We're learning about the true nature of freedom. And we're trying to do this in a way that's actually pleasurable. We're learning about the life energy that is flowing through each of us, through the universe. And hopefully, sometimes we learn about our growth edges, the end of our comfort zone, the new frontier of mystery in the realm of not knowing. And of course, the sign that we're on the edge of that is our own resistance, our own boredom, our own dislike, our own thinking, well, if reality would be so much better if it just agreed with me. When those things come up, it means that we're on the edge of something new. And all that is needed is an open mind and careful attention. Because of the nature of thought, if we reify a particular place that we are spinning around, it's just more thought, more thought. And what's actually most helpful in working with the the barriers, working with our edge, is mindful, close, intimate attention. We ask, is it real? And we see through our assumptions. So let's, um, right now, uh, begin using OM. And then we'll use AH. And as we do these two sounds, please listen to the difference in your body. Feel the difference in your body as we contrast these two tones. Now, for yourself, recognize the difference, contrast the two experiences. Where in the body do they resonate? Which has the more, that touches the emotional content? Which flows more freely and smoothly? Which is more associated with thought with evaluation. As we attend to our own experience, we learn about our own mind, our own way of interacting and reacting to the world. So now we use OM, first loud, and then soft, the same investigation. No, just note for yourself the difference in your own mind. And we're going to use those examples, and we'll come back to them again, as we look at the layers of mind. In life, in our life, in all of our senses, there are layers of perception. And some examples of layers of perceptions, these are not real people, they're just sort of 
amorphous categories. But what is most available to most people, including all of us, is our ordinary awareness. Our ordinary awareness in the world is of problems, things, paying bills, repairing the roof, making meals, getting pleasure, avoiding discomfort. Some people, that's their whole life, is with that level of awareness. How do I get what I want and avoid what I don't want? And their whole industries, multi-billion dollar industries, that have been developed to attend to that level of awareness, that level of mind. We might think about that as, in terms of listening, as listening to perhaps pop songs, or listening to idle chatter, or listening to just the surface of things. We hear them, decide they're pleasing or not pleasing. But some people have no awareness beyond the surface of things. And of course, our, our dominant flavor, even at the, at the most ordinary level, can be either pleasure or pain. We can be at a very ordinary level of of awareness, of his hearing, and our particular karma is a bundle of pain, or our particular karma is a lot of advantages and pleasure. So with the ordinary mind, we just go through the day. I like bird sounds, I don't like vacuum cleaners, don't like traffic sounds, you know, I like contratenors, I'm not happy with children's voices. Idle talk, noise. As we practice, as we listen more deeply, we begin to hear what's behind the words. We begin to hear a different dimension of the words. We begin to hear a different flavor, a different energy. As we listen more closely, as we become more intimate with sound, we may, for example, with politicians, note a discrepancy between what the sound is like on the surface and how it feels underneath. Say the right words, but there's a discontinuity with the, the deeper level. Some people go through life being able to listen and function on that surface level, and what they're aware of then is the emotional tenor, the emotional flavor, the emotional content that is below the surface of things, our personal likes and dislikes, our social conditioning, our social conventions. Listen to what is being said from the realm of relationship, of connection. A different kind of listening, a different depth of listening. And perhaps 
even listening for psychological flavors, dimensions, might be somewhere in this realm, way below the ordinary, but it can still be listened to more deeply. As we listen more closely, we feel the texture and feel the the dimension of people and of ourselves. It definitely makes a more rich, satisfying life, my experience. But we also may be beginning to hear or may hear those inchoate rumblings of something new that is coming forth. That, that we don't have words for, we can't articulate it, and yet we can hear, feel, sense something that is beyond the limit of what can be read in a book. We can hear these levels as we practice and our minds begin to clear up. If our mind is filled with, you know, junk, if we're filled with junk mail, it's hard to see deeply into things. If the the water is uh, full of silt, we can't see deeply into it. So as we practice, our minds calm down, our minds settle down, the silt begins to settle, the the junk mail gets washed away some degree. We can begin to hear more intimately still. We hear below the level of convention. We hear below the level of emotion. We can actually hear down to the level of just motion. You know, there's, there's a, a movement level and then there's an evaluation of the movement. This means like, this means doesn't like, this means good, this means bad. But then before that, there's still a, a movement of life energy. We can hear sounds before liking and disliking them, before the mind has categorized them into rain or rustling. We can hear down to the texture. Thinking obscures it. Labeling obscures it. Of judgments obscure it. And so, we have these practices of, of turning our attention to the present moment, turning our attention away from all the judgments, turning our attention away from the assumptions that possible, it's not possible, turning our attention more intimately. Feel the surge of life energy before words. We all recognize it. We all know this to some degree. But that is not 
we can still listen more intimately. We can listen, feel, aware more intimately. We feel down below words. We listen before the notes, perhaps. And we begin to touch the spacious nature, the spacious un unpindownable nature that's at the root. We begin <clears throat> to become aware of that level of awareness which does not make any sound. Now, if we look, if we listen, if we are very intimate with sound, and as we do this next series, watch exactly where the sound comes from. Exactly when it appears, maybe where it comes from is the wrong word, it is the wrong word, but look exactly where it appears and see what it appears. What's the, everything has a, a sequence, everything has a cause, everything has an effect. So what is the sequence, what is the cause out of which this sound appears? So listen carefully as you tone on. We can't say it's something because we can't find anything. We can't say it's nothing because lots of sound. To begin to listen at that level out of which everything comes. But we can't actually put our finger on it. We can't put it in a box because that box comes out of it too. And for want of a better word, we call it emptiness. When we touch, taste, hear, the sound before sound, the space before sound, whatever unsatisfying word you use, the emptiness before sound. And we really fall into that, we begin to recognize the source of creativity. We begin to recognize where the whole world comes from. Directly, not philosophically. We taste it, hear it. And yet, there's nothing to taste, nothing to hear. All there is, is awareness. Out of awareness, out of this in, undefinable, spacious, 
unpendownable, unlocatable emptiness comes sound or thought. We can do the same thing with thought. As our thoughts begin to slow down, as we begin to have more perspective on them, as we begin to not being so enmeshed with them and identified with them, that is me, we can begin to look at them in a way objectively. We can hear sound objectively. We can just hear it with no valuation, much as possible. And when we do that, when we do that with thought, we look and we watch thought arising. Pop! It comes into being. Pop! You're sitting there, your mind can be completely empty, and suddenly, pop! Thought, one thought leads to the next thought, leads to the next thought, leads to the next thought, leads to the whole story of your life. When we are doing this practice of sound, we're trying to to listen at these different levels. It's not as though there is a best level, because if we can't enjoy pop music, we can't enjoy the sound of the ice cream truck, which used to be around when I was a kid. We can't enjoy those things, then something is amiss. But if that's all we can see, we have, then there also is something deeply missing. So we, we listen, we listen, we listen, we listen down to the spacious emptiness at the root. Now, this emptiness its number one quality is infinite creativity. Infinite. This spacious has the ability to create everything. The sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, our thoughts, our bodies, our toes, the whole business. It arises from that same place, if it's not, if it is a place. So as we are listening, and we're listening intimately, closely, carefully, and we're listening right down to the origin of sound, we begin to recognize. It's not esoteric. We begin to recognize things coming into being. Now, this doesn't make any sense, forget it. Each om Do ah. Each ah that we will vociferate is absolutely fresh. Each ah has no history. 
So as you watch the ahs come into being, as you feel them, listen to them deeply, just watch. We'll examine a little more closely in just a minute. We think, I've done that before. I've heard that before. Then we are mistaken. Because that story is about memory. It's about something that happened in the past that no longer exists. It's not about... Because this moment has no story. Stories are all about something that's already over and done with. It's happened. Make a story out of it. And then we take the story that we made about something as our life. I like stories. Nice. But that is not the level of reality that we're pointing to, tasting. A story of this has already happened is a story about something that no longer exists. And what actually exists is fresh each time. The very idea of it's already happened before is a story, is a story. And when we cloud our mind with that story, it's useful. I mean, I'm not saying don't do it, but it's, if we, we get mixed up and we think the story is reality, when we get mixed up, we think the story is, oh yeah, been there, done that. Oh yeah, I think the story of my life is actually my life. We miss something essential. Something that has no history. Something that is fresh and new. We hear beyond the cognitive mind. The cognitive mind is the mind that makes up stories, discriminates this from that. Recognizing this, in a way, is the most intimate secret refuge. So when we take refuge in the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha, we can take refuge at many levels. Take refuge in a fallout shelter. Take refuge in books and education. Can take refuge in our relationships. Great. Wonderful. We can even take it down a notch and take refuge in, in wisdom. We can take refuge in 
space. Take refuge in the, the flow of relationship that is always present. Or, and, and, we could take refuge in the innermost secret heart of our being, which does not negate anything. To take refuge in the most intimate experience Freshness, newness of unperturbability. Take refuge in that dimension, for lack of a better word, that cannot be harmed, that cannot be destroyed. To take refuge in that which is we sometimes call the unborn mind, the unborn Buddha mind. Intimate, secret, personal refuge. But to discover that refuge, we have to practice. Because without practice, without listening to the most mundane and ordinary of sounds, without listening more and more deeply, without seeing the surface of things, we can't see more deeply into things, without recognizing the the trivial, ever-flowing, insubstantial nature of our own thinking, we can't discover the deeper levels, the deeper aspect of exactly that level. So the levels, from the outside, it looks like there are all these different levels, you know, superficial, down to it. But from the inside, from what we're calling a secret refuge, it's all. Oh, refuge. Oh, refuge. Everything. has to be genuine. Because from the outside, nobody knows. It has to be revealed in a way through practice. Because as we practice, we soften those hard spots. We clean out those occluded tubes. We diminish, let go of our fixed views. So in the 
process of discovering this secret refuge, the whole personality gets to get worked on. And so, whatever level of practice, we are seriously investigating is great. Because as we look more deeply into things, there is not a better or a worse. There's only the path. There's only the path. There's only refuge. There's only the freshness. The vivid aliveness of this moment.